Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are in the thick of it. It is... It's spring. I mean, it's spring planting season. If ever there was a time to put a hedgerow in, a, a new spruce tree or apple tree or flowers or tomatoes, now is the time. Now, we had a little little thing that happened midweek. When was that? Like Wednesday night. Uh, I, I put out a frost warning. I wasn't sure. I mean, it's right on the edge. I mean, I really, Lisa and I were talking, we were, should we put it out? Should we, we don't want to cry wolf every time it dips maybe close to cold, but there have been enough customers in to the garden center here, here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. So we've had enough customers come into, enough plants have gone into the ground. We thought, oh, let's pull the trigger. And so you got a frost warning. Wednesday night evening, we were. I said no, she said yes, so we did it. So going, okay, you might cover things, and and some we did hear a little bit of damage from frost from folks that didn't do anything, but I don't I don't think that was the entire region. But that's you should always be aware if you're gardening in the mountains of Arizona, and I don't care what elevation you're at, uh, you should always be ready to protect your plants. You have to commit and start early. You can't wait till the last frost date. That's that's the first part of May. Okay, we're past that. But we could still see frost through Memorial Day. It's very potential. You folks in Williams, a Pine Top Lakeside, a Flagstaff, you know you can see frost even after that. You just always have to be ready. You can't wait until the weather is perfect. Uh, or you'll just you'll never get to plant. You'll be so delayed that you won't be able to get things. You won't be maturing fast enough to have tomatoes and peppers coming out of the gardens. You will never get your dahlias finally up and large enough to show off. Your perennials will be delayed. You put them in now. Uh, you put them in. Really, I started putting things in in April, way before the Mother's Day kind of demarcation line, because I want to get started. And then I just have sheets. So Wednesday night, I put sheets over top of my plants. The thing when you're doing, um, if you have, if you're new to the area and you're not used to this huge temperature swing between day and night, and you have the potential to have some frost very late into the planting season, um, what you need to do is just water your plants the night before they're cold. So hydrated plants get through the cold better. And there's something about as water freezes, it releases energy. I don't know all the physics of it, but it definitely works. And so you water your plants before the cold gets there. So I activated all my irrigation to all the entire landscape that evening, that day, Wednesday. And then I throw a breathable, uh, just throw something that breathes over top of that plant. So my tomatoes, they have tomato cages on them. I want them growing up, not across the ground. It keeps the rats out. It keeps the, the fruit doesn't rot. There's a lot of benefits to training your tomatoes to grow up instead of out. And so I just threw a sheet over top of the cage, and it was fine. Put some, I actually took some clothespins, just clamped them onto the, to the tomato cage, and all was well. They came through, and they were like champs. They never You can't tell they were cold at all. 
cold indications would be the plant's kind of weepy now. It got cold and went, I'm just so cold. I can't take it anymore. Uh, sometimes if it's bad enough, if, if it actually froze, that is, that plant actually, uh, it'll, it'll have a black tinge to it. It goes off color, kind of goes from green to brown. Those are indications, at least that limb, that branch, that upper, upper foliage was frozen and it killed it back. What happens is that the tissue will freeze and so the plant can no longer get moisture up to those that foliage. And so you'll see it, it'll just kind of, it's self-pruning itself to get rid of that, that damaged foliage. And now it will have to regrow a new cane, a new, new vine, a new foliage. And so you can recover from a frost. If it gets bad enough, what was that, three, four weeks ago, we had a really bad freeze. There it burned off all of the foliage on my smoke bush, on locust trees. And so now it's been a few weeks. I just fertilized. I gave them what I did is I actually mixed up some root and grow. It's a liquid compost tea that we brew here. And I just mixed up a bucket of it and I poured it around my damaged plants. And now they've re-leafed. They had to form new leaf buds. So I took that energy, took that food I gave it, just picked it right up, took it right up the trunk of the tree, up the branches, and it formed new leaf buds. And now it's starting to re-leaf. So yeah, I'm three weeks delayed. I'm back where I was, you know, three weeks ago, but it, it recovered. It did fine. And so that's pretty rare to have a frost like that we had three weeks ago. That's to go from 45 degrees at night down to, you know, 20. I was here 19, 20 degrees. That's a lot. That's a lot for plants. It's more normal like we had on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it frosted. Maybe a light covering will protect it and just water things because what hydrated plants get through the cold better than dry plants. Another one that's coming up pretty often. So I was out talking to a group out in uh, the Prescott Country Club, that's past, that's in between uh, um, Prescott Valley and Dewey. It's right out there. It's right where the brand new Maverick store, that thing is huge out there. My goodness. Uh, so I went to speak out there and the question came up twice. My red tip photinia, they're not red. What's going on, Ken? And so they're getting this new growth, the red tip photinia, for you to folks new to the area. This is a nice big evergreen, grows up well above head high, 10, 12 feet tall and wide. It's huge. We use it to screen, block wind. Uh, you make things disappear behind it. It's fast growing. It's so fast growing, usually it's a little bit cheaper or more affordable plant because we don't have to, we're not at the farm that long. It just grows so fast. If anything, we have to cut it back to get it full enough but it grows fast. So it's a, it's a top seller. If you don't fertilize that, uh, it, you'll lose your color. So if the pH of your of the ground, of the soil, the actual chemistry of the soil, if that pH creeps up too high, it'll actually take the red out. It'll just go from, it'll have more of a yellow hue and the new growth will be green. If you simply lower the pH, and I would say give it, what I do is I told them, listen, you need to fertilize your your photinia more often, and the secret is going to be fertilized in the fall. So you need to fertilize red tip, red tip photinia three times a year. You need to go Easter, Fourth of July, and Halloween. So spring, summer, fall. So those are the holidays: Easter, 
4th of July, Halloween. Halloween's the most important feeding when you're seeing the mums in bloom. The aspens have turned gold. That the, the maples are bright red. That's your cue, fertilize. And fertilize, it'll use that food from the fall to form the spring new growth. And so it'll be nice and red next spring. So when it elongates, so they're starting to grow. Oh, the three, four weeks ago, they were starting to grow. It'll be bright red. If you didn't fertilize very often, it'll just be green or yellow or off-colored. And that's what's causing that. That Same thing with, let's say, your lilacs. They're in full bloom right now. Uh, they've been in bloom or they're about to bust open in full color. So I noticed my... My bigger lilacs have been in bloom. They're almost starting to finish up. My bloomerang lilacs, the dwarf varieties, there's some that only get hip high or so. They're very low care. Uh, they, they repeat bloom like a rose would. They're just about to open. So there's a, there's a, a, a time for There's a season, and they don't all go at once. They open up at different weeks of the season, but they're all spring bloomers. And so you'll see that if your lilac stopped blooming, it's not quite, the color isn't as bright, the fragrant isn't as, as deep as you remember, or it just isn't blooming, that's purely a fertilizer thing. You need to fertilize more often here. And the reason being, there's no food in your ground. There's nothing, there's not one redeeming thing about your garden soil, out in the landscape especially. So you need to fertilize more often. And then you're watering more often here because it's, it's dry and windy. So you, so you tend to flush what nutrients are there out. So it's not like the South or the Midwest where you just, you fertilize, you never have to fertilize because the ground is so rich. Here, you're doing it more often. So Easter, 4th of July, Halloween. That's a good, good rhythm. Be right back with Lisa Waters laying in with your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locust, Vine and Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Waters with the plants of the week and our gold flame honeysuckle. Wonderfully fragrant. These blooms are in full color right now and will stay that way until the first frost of October. These pink and gold blooms are irresistible to hummingbirds and butterflies alike. Excellent as a quick ground cover, but robust enough to climb vertical structures and fences, all for under $37. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love blooming vines, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. Okay, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each with your with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And oh, is it ever it's coming in all directions now. So the bugs are out. They arrived <laughs> this week. We got frost. A few pockets there. Mm -hmm. People are wondering what to plant, when to plant, how to plant. And so the garden, we're be, this is where it pays to have a great staff mm -hmm. that just 
knows stuff. And so we have, uh, it's kind of, we're loaded up with plant nerds. They just <laughs> like plants. And that is true. Half of them are here just for the employee discount. That's it. I don't need to pay. <laughs> just, I want to take plants home. And so it's kind of fun to watch, uh, watch them kind of see all the new deliveries that show up. They're, they're more excited than we are. Oh, yeah. It's kind we of fun to watch. It. We love delivery day. New stuff comes in. So uh, uh, we've got lots of deliveries coming, but what are people asking about as, uh, what are they talking about? In their yards and gardens. Well, Tom is in Prescott. He walked out to look at his peach tree because from the window he thought that's looking kind of weird. So he went out and looked at it. He's got aphids galore. Oh yeah, so, probably more than aphids, yeah. <laughs> wants to know what's the best thing to treat them for? How often do you have to treat them? That type of thing. This is where it gets really confusing. If you do a Google search, you will be thoroughly dumbfounded. Just like, duh, I don't know what to do. Because you'll have, and all the all of them are wrong. The first <laughs> thing to, to, to kind of delete or ignore a lot of gardeners will say, oh, just spray the tree down and you'll hose off the aphids and the thrip and all will be well. That is not true. Aphids have wings and they've got legs and they're hungry and they'll crawl right back almost within the hour. And it's as though you did nothing. If you're going to spray them, and I encourage spray, you need a good bug killer. Uh, you need to kill the aphids. Uh, I would, for for a peach tree right now, it's cool enough. The safest, least expensive, most effective you can use right now, it's organic, is a horticultural oil. Mm -hmm. You can spray oils. Oils will coat down. It can kind of get through the nooks and crannies of the, of the, the leaves, the flowers, the fruits, and just penetrates and coats the, uh, the aphid and then strips off its ex exoskeleton. And then it just basically suffocates. And so it's very effective. Uh, mm -hmm. It takes out the eggs and the aphids, adults, and the babies. The whole family's gone. And so I would spray it with an oil. Now, once you get up to, now this is broadcast all of northern Arizona. And so we've got some hot pockets. If you're getting above that mid-80 degrees, shift to triple action. It's an organic neem oil that will obliterate thrip and aphids. I predict mm -hmm. if you were to bring a sample in a Ziploc baggie here to the garden center, we put it under the microscope. I'll See bet those. we could find both of those bugs. Both are bad. And so what the indication is you'll see your, your leaves go out and look at them. They'll mm -hmm. start to curl. They'll kind of deform this way. They look, they should be straight, elongated, flat, just soaking up the sun, making beautiful peaches and nectarines for you, plums, but aphids like any of those pitted fruits, they like them and the leaves will just start to curl up. Mm -hmm. And so they're hard to kill because they're inside the leaf where that curl is. And so it's hard to get spray. You really want to get a good hose end sprayer. Mm -hmm. We can show you what that is. So quantity is more important than quality when it comes to aphids and thrip because there's so many of them. Right. Spray it from a couple different angles until mm -hmm. it's just dripping wet. Keep the dogs and the birds off until it all dries. It'd be about 15 minutes right now. And then uh, your your problems will be solved. There you go. Just easy as that. <laughs> Actually, we've had to spray a couple times here at right. the garden center. We're seeing, yeah. we're doing the same thing. And uh, we're seeing them, re they come right back at you in about two weeks because there's so many of them right, right. now. You might have to spray again. Mm -hmm. 
a little later in the season. So right. don't be, don't be it's, afraid. It's not it. a one and done with no. aphids. Oh, no. You, you yeah. kind of really got to be vigilant and keep an eye out for them because they can cause problems. They, they won't kill the tree, but they'll definitely affect the fruit. Mm -hmm. They'll affect the new growth and they just make for a really ugly tree. That is so true. Take care of it. Okay. Our next question is from Sandy out in Chino. So she, um, Got some roses from us, our big rose order that came in. So some of the blossoms are starting to fade. Her question is, what's the best way? Is there a certain way to deadhead or you, do you just cut that blossom off? Is there a certain way you need to prune on them? And then what is the best fertilizer to keep them blooming? Ooh, great questions. These are good. Now we could do a whole show on nothing but that one question, but, but it sort of depends on the variety mm -hmm. of the rose. So most roses are going to be long stem or floribunda roses. These are, or, or I guess it could be climbing roses, but the most common floribunda, your, your traditional shrub roses with big flowers. How do you do that? And so what the book says is when it's done flowering, you count back three leaf nodes. So just take three leaves coming off the branch and cut it at a 45 degree angle just above the next flower bud, and it'll mm -hmm. it'll instantly start to form a new flower bud what i find is if you're entering into the county fair and you really want the biggest most aggressive most beautiful flower that's how you do it otherwise you can just prune it however feels right take the old flower off and the plant will bloom again for you i, I kind of go by three nodes i'll count a little bit but I'm going for shape more than anything else because it gets these real long uh, canes coming up. I'm going, now you're out of proportion. And I'll go back five nodes or going just whatever makes it look right. And as long as you're fertilizing, it will rebloom for you. So I think there's a lot of fudge factor. Again, the detail, the 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 if you're entering into a you know international you know, flower show, yeah, maybe you do it differently, but for your backyard, right. you just want, I just want butterflies, hummingbirds, and roses. There's more forgiveness. What to fertilize is more important. So in the ground, right now, what I would probably do now is there's a rose food with systemic. So they have a bug repellent that they, that you can put on while you fertilize granular, you put it on the ground, water it in, the plant will take in it, take in the nutrients, form a new flower, and then it will taint the sap inside that flower so the aphids and thrip don't like it. Mm -hmm. And so early on in spring, mm -hmm. that can really help you out. It, it's not organic though. So if you want a true natural fertilizer, we make one here at the garden center called all-purpose plant food. And that's a uh, cottonseed meal mm -hmm. is the number one ingredient for that. And cottonseed meal, that's what rosarians put on their flowers to enter them in the fair. Because that's what brings the flower color out and the fragrance. Mm -hmm. So cottonseed meal is a great one. So all-purpose plant food if you want to keep all natural. Or, you know, sometimes you just want to get rid of the bugs. Yeah. Rose food. And it says with systemic. You want to okay. see that. On that, on that, it'll be granular. You sprinkle it on, water it in, and both of those will fertilize that rose for you know, a couple months, something right. like that, and reapply. Okay. I think we got time for another yeah, quick one. So. so Paul is in Prescott Valley. He's looking for a ground cover that will cover about 100 square feet on a slope that is hot Ooh. and dry. That's easy. So slopes, you're probably going to be watering with the drip system because otherwise, if you're doing heavy flow, it's going to erode oh, right. your, you have, you know, erosion issues. Right. 
So juniper, cottonwood, or cotoneaster. We've got a ground cover manzanita, mm -hmm. uh, vines like like uh, Virginia creeper, Boston ivy, even a really fast, aggr aggressive evergreen is five leaf akebia, honeysuckle. That's what Paul. Drive in here from <laughs> Prescott Valley. Get your behind here. The we'll give you the grand tour, and we'll we'll show you probably five or six different things. Mm -hmm. But you really do want to get them in now so they've got time to root because right. the monsoons are coming. I mean, mm -hmm. we don't know how much rain's coming. Lots. Well, I just hope so. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But we are going to get a wet cycle in the summer here. And so if you can get them rooted before that summer rain in July and August yeah. show up, it's got some roots and it'll hold that, folded, hold that ground in for you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just got these big ruts going through there. Right. So I would say start with honeysuckle go from there. Okay. Cover. Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So we're into May. So Mother's Day through May through really July 4th, we're just, the garden centers are packed. They got everything, every size, every color, every variety. Uh, and, and some new things start to show up. I thought I would mention two that are, surprising to many people up in the mountains of Arizona. One is gardenia. Gardenia will actually grow here in the mountains of Arizona, but not all of them. So it's kind of like agaves. Agaves grow down in Phoenix really well. Palm Springs, great. Tucson, fantastic. Every variety. Up here, only the cold hardy varieties will grow. Same with gardenias. There's, there's two or three types. They're usually a little shorter. The flowers are a bit smaller and, and actually more fragrant, that classic gardenia smell. And, and they're evergreen. And so they hold their foliage right through winter. The thing with gardenias, you need a variety that takes our cold winters and they don't like our sun. So in other areas, you'll grow them out in full sun 
Here I find they bloom, they'll grow in full sun. They just don't hold their flowers at all. And then the, the leaves start to burn back a little bit. You give them some protection. Just keep them out of that midday. They'll take, they'll take morning sun. They'll take that evening into the day sun, you know, three o'clock to, to seven, whenever that, you know, it's hot, but it's short. And the, the sun is real low to the horizon. They'll take that easily. So there's a couple varieties. And usually they'll have the name frost or cold hardy arctic gardenias frost gardenia those mean oh yeah they'll go down to i think minus 10 degrees some crazy cold and i've got some that are in containers i love the smell of gardenias on our patios and so i've got one in the back patio one in the front patio and they just fill up the entire patio area with this wonderful gardenia smell they're heavily budded not quite blooming yet but they're heavily budded at my own gardens and here at the garden center. So you can have gardenias, but only certain ones. So to, to know that. The same thing with hydrangea. People are stunned that we can actually grow hydrangea here. And they do fabulous. Now, there's, there's, there's several varieties of, of hydrangeas. So you folks in the Midwest, you know, they're, you're famous for your hydrangeas. But there's oak oak leaf or big leaf hydrangeas. There's pinnacles, there's, there's climbing hydrangeas, smooth hydrangeas. When we bring them in here, at least here at Waters Garden Center, we're bringing some that are usually a little bit on the smaller side. So it's great big, we have some climbing hydrangeas, but they struggle a little bit more and they will take no sun. The bigger they are, the less sun they'll take. And so they're, they're just so exposed. They get real weepy. And so they do better in that bright shade. So I grow them on the north side of our house, underneath the canopy of a tree. That's where they're just going to really shine. And they will bloom that classic, great big softball size, blue, pink, white, red flowers, purple, got a new purple variety. They will actually bloom a, a tremendously long time. And so the secret were those, they, so our pH, uh, you, can, you, can, you can change the color of your hydrangeas simply by changing the pH of the soil. You can go from pink to blue, blue to, to white, white to pink. You, you can just bring the color out and change. It's kind of fun to play with actually. But I find they do better when they're planted in a rich soil. So raised gardens, big containers. I'm growing mine in a great big pot and it's been there for years. It's starting to elongate and grow now. It'll be in bloom in three, four weeks, but probably by June 1, it'll be maybe Father's Day. It'll be in bloom, uh, classic blooms. Here's one that you really want to watch with hydrangeas. There's two types. One blooms on second year wood. That is, it needs to elongate its growth and then it sets a flower on last year's elongated branch. Those struggle here. I know that's the most popular in, in the Midwest, East Coast areas, but here they struggle more. Because of that cold, we can go from warm to real cold. You really want hydrangeas that bloom on first year wood. So it will elongate up and then set a flower on that branch um, this year. They tend to, if they get burned back by a winter, real cold winter, you can you can prune it back and then start to fertilize it and it'll just grow back out of it and bloom again and also those varieties tend to be repeat bloomers so they'll bloom over and over and over again 
So those are the varieties that we focus in here at Waters Garden Center. You can get hydrangeas anywhere, but they may or may not bloom for you next year or even survive the winter. Same with gardenias. You can buy every, every box store has got a gardenia. Doesn't mean it's going to survive the winter and come back for you next year. So get the right variety. So we're focused on hydrangeas that are a little bit smaller. They're all going to appreciate the shaded areas. There's several colors. They'll usually have a little bit smaller foliage, but the same great big flower that you have, that softball-sized flower. We'll have them in whites, uh, pinks. Pinks are just so easy to grow here. Blues, if you're fertilizing them enough, they'll, they'll keep that blue. But look for repeat blooming varieties that bloom on first-year wood. And there you go. That's the advice. So folks are stunned that we can, we can grow either one, hydrangeas or gardenias. And you can have both. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one, and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Well, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane, uh, my favorite guy. It's kind of nice to take a break with you. <laughs> in the studio it's been so busy so crazy mm-hmm. has it been windier than normal or is that just in my head like, i don't know i know it's windy every spring but it I, feels like it but then i think you forget and then yeah. it feels like oh my gosh this is the worst season ever but yeah it's windy know. until the monsoons come <laughs> and then it kind of so by the end of middle june it kind of lets up yeah. so we got a month of more prevailing southwest wind mm-hmm. That's why you really do want to stake those trees because yeah. they'll start they start putting on that new growth and then they start leaning. You get a big plant yep. like a like a sycamore or an mm-hmm. oak or or a, a maple. big maple. They'll start to lean to that northeast, uh, northwest, and, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you, it solidifies <laughs> and there's no straightening that tree out. So <clears throat> because of the spring, it's it's this time right now, the next right. month. That's why you stake trees. That is true. You try to tell people it's windy. They're planting in the fall. They're like, oh, we're fine. Yeah. And you are because there's no foliage and it's all fine. But then the wind comes. So anyway, it just, yeah. it just yesterday was kind of rough. I went, oh, I just feel beat down. <laughs> and now it's, you know, it's beautiful. So, right. you know, in the morning, it's always so nice. Yeah. 
and it picks up like steam. It's like a huge uh, flywheel or something, just gathering yeah. steam as the wind. I always tell people, we're like in a wind tunnel where the garden center <laughs> is, the way the wind is whoosh yeah. down through there. And people go, oh, your trees fell over. I'm like, yeah, I'm just leave it down until the, the wind's done. <laughs> just leave it down. We've got tree rack. We probably have hundreds of yards of, of tree racks to keep things up just to tie them up so they don't fall down yeah. mainly so my insurance guy says uh <laughs> ken you can't have trees hitting customers we don't need claims like that anyway <clears throat> what do you got true. for us well let's talk about something more pleasant yes, upbeat <laughs> how about pretty flowers the the studio smells beautiful yes yeah, so i brought in some samples today so today i'm talking about annuals so okay. annuals are those plants that you get one season Adam, you mostly. get not one, an entire season. An entire season out of, but they're not going to come back next year. Yeah, that's but true. But sometimes that's okay because it's fun to put different things in. So these are bright colored annuals that are going to bloom all season long. Uh, go in containers, go in the ground, whatever you want to do with them, raised beds. Uh, great to mix. If you've got a lot of perennials, mix some annuals in with your perennials because yeah. they just continue to bloom 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 if you've got pots with evergreens and you want some color in yeah. there throw some annuals in they're so easy to grow um, and then just bring so much color to the yard to your patios to your decks they're fun i think annuals get a bum rap sometimes mm -hmm. nothing the reason you want to go with an annual they're the ones that pretty much self-prune so when they're mm -hmm. done blooming they shed their flower, automatically set another flower. Mm -hmm. No perennial. Perennials are ones that come back every year. But you'll never hear million bells perennial. Million <laughs> bells. Literally thousands of flowers on this plant mm -hmm. in, in, in a year. And then it flames out by, by Thanksgiving. It's done. Right. But no perennial would ever dream of putting that many flowers on. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable sunflowers. Yeah, we got a perennial variety of sunflower. It's small. It's kind of leggy. It blooms okay. But it's unbelievable. has a thousand flowers per year. And then it flames out by the time mm -hmm. it's done. So there's a, there's, if you really want more flower than plant, mm -hmm. annuals are the only one that does that. Right. Perennials are great because they come back, you know, yeah. once and done. And then they, they bulk up and they grow and they mm -hmm. spread through the yard. Wildflowers yeah. are typically perennials, but annuals, <clears throat> especially <clears throat> what you were describing. Yeah. Containers, raised beds, all of your, most of your vegetables, mm -hmm. they're annuals. Right. Tomatoes are annuals. They, they, you'll have a hundred pounds of tomatoes, but then they're going to die out, flame out in the, in the winter, basically. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So everything has its place yeah. out in the yards, how you use it. So I brought in some really pretty. So this first one is a petunia. This one's called Night Rider. I think it might be new. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that stripe is uh, different. But yeah, so pretty. Look at the color on that with the yellow and the green. And I guess it's maybe more of a chart not chartreuse. You're chartreuse? talking to a man. <laughs> it's gold and purple. So there you go. <laughs> striped. But look, yeah. it has it has five petals, five it has a star, a yellow star in the middle of this purple flower that is mm -hmm. absolutely so stunning. Pretty. And this variety. This uh, new variety of petunias we're introducing, you know, your grandparents grew petunias that grow real tall and then they kind of flop Flopped over, over. And, and, and they yeah. look kind of ugly by mm -hmm. late summer. These are creeping or <clears throat> ground cover varieties. So this one plant, this is maybe a foot, foot, 14 inches across. This is going to be three feet across covered in these purple flowers with this 
five starred yellow flower in the middle mm -hmm. that's just it's just striking right. we planted one it's already doubled in size the yeah. uh, starry night petunia starry in night. ours yeah. went, i've never seen that right i want to grow that so it's just really <laughs> pretty it's got purple with speckles, speckles it. of like Looks starlight like sky. it yeah. does it does really pretty it comes in kind of a purpley and then a burgundy color as yeah. well so Petunias come in a wide variety of colors. I mean, you you pick a color, we've got it. Yellows, purples, blues, reds, oranges, um, the variegated ones. So just so pretty. And they do just, they just bloom all season long. Nice, tough little plant. This you. actually is ridiculous in size. I mean, just, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's on steroids. It's beautiful. It is very, very Let's pretty. Let me see, two, four, six, eight, ten. It's got like 14 flowers on it. There you go. <laughs> So another one that I really like, that's a bright, uh, bright bloomer, discontinues to bloom, looks like a little daisy. So this is the osteospermum. Uh, that one comes in yellows and whites and pinks and purples. And uh, there again, another variety of colors, just a real pretty happy daisy looking plant. <laughs> I'm sick now. Having fun with that. the camera. <laughs> For those of you watching, it's it's fun. For those of you listening, it ain't so fun. <laughs> Except for us. <laughs> so this one is a is a powerful bloomer. It does like a little bit of deadheading. So the more you deadhead it as those blossoms spin, the more blossoms you're going to get. Yeah. So, but just so bright and perky, and you need to have one. I'll show the folks that are watching this on camera. But the whole top of this plant is maybe 16 17 inches across <clears throat> and it's covered you can't see the foliage it's all gold like bright yellow flowers but if you pull that flower aside and underneath there's a whole nother set of buds just mm -hmm. underneath the flowers so it's like continual waves of flower after flower this one does benefit from a little bit of, of plant food so oh yeah the flower it, power yeah amazing you, with that give it some it's a it's a water soluble mm -hmm. A liquid fertilizer. If you do this a couple times a month, it will be nonstop flowers. You will not see any foliage, only flowers through Halloween. It's amazing. What yeah. another common name for this is African, African daisy. daisy. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Osteospermum sounds kind of like a, like a medical <laughs> like a term disease. or something. I don't know. Like it's going to grow a fungal thing on your feet. I just couldn't think done. of the common name that I brought over. <laughs> Got too many names rolling around yeah. in my head most of the time. So the other one that I brought over is, so this is Nirembergia, also called purple robe plant. So this one is actually more of a biennial. So it will come back two to three years in a row. Yeah. Um, so it's another one of my favorite, no fuss, no must plants. We have several out in the yard that just come back every year for years in a row. They also will reseed. So yep. you kind of get them going another few places. Loves the heat. Put it in a hot spot. Yeah. It's happy with that. It'll bloom all season long. Uh, such a cool plant. And it's really hard to find. So we have these specially grown in the one gallon containers because usually you can only find it like in yeah, six, six packs, packs or something like that. Thing. And you got to wait all season to get it up to size. These are already at size. They will get bigger. The clump will I noticed get larger. ours was covered and ours are starting to bloom in the yard in the gardens. They're uh -huh. the fourth or fifth year they've come up and uh, they had painted ladies, little tiny orange and black flower, uh, butterflies. Oh, all over. over them it was ridiculous yeah. so. so that's a really fun one to grow it's a great one to grow and the last sample i brought you've in, got five seconds oh dear well 
Here's a mystic dahlia. Look at how beautiful that dark foliage is with that bright yellow flower. That is just stunning. And we're up. Dahlias grow well. Yes. So we've got, have we gotten dinner plate dahlias in yet? Uh, there's they, a few. So dinner plates all the way to miniatures. Dahlias do amazingly well here. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters companion plants in May are vining akebia, Indian hawthorn, Prescott sunshine geraniums, and purple robe locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. 300,000? Imagine a landscape meeting 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the roses have arrived at the garden center. We've got literally hundreds of them. They're all in bloom right now. And I thought I'd take a moment to not feature certain roses, but to explain the many different varieties. So out of a thousand roses, they're not all hybrid teas. That's that long stem, single flower on the stem. They're great for cutting. That's usually what you're giving for Mother's Day and Valentine's and birthdays, anniversaries, long stem roses. Those are hybrid teas. They're also, oh, I can't say that. Many of them are the most fragrant or the most famous of the fragrant ones. There are so many roses that are fragrant, though, and I thought I would feature the different types and, and just a couple that are that maybe are my favorites that I, I enjoy. I was just walking through and I made I made up here it is. I made the list. And so now why don't we start with the easiest to grow of all roses? Those are shrub roses. There's no fancy graft. They repeat bloom. They frequently will self-prune themselves. Uh, they're just easier to take care of. They're shrub varieties, so you'd plant that instead of a forsythia or a lilac, you're planting a shrub rose. The flowers are typically a little smaller, but they're, they're just so easy. They typically don't get uh, damaged by and aphids as much. They don't get mildew as much. They've been bred to take care of themselves. And so I, I like this series. It's called Easy Elegance. Write that down. Easy Elegance Roses. Uh, and there's a couple that are, this is a new variety of shrub roses and a couple that I really like. Look at Little Mischief. This is a smaller rose, maybe hip high or so. They're not, they don't get huge, uh, but they're just a, a really pretty pink flower to it. 
dozens and dozens and dozens on the same shrub. So, I mean, not right here. Here, they're a, they're a little three-gallon-sized rose, but they'll have... So they'll be covered in pink flowers. They're pretty, but once they get in the ground, they turn into this three by three by three with dozens of flowers on it and so easy to care for. Uh, a white one, it's called champagne, champagned, champagne white. It's just a real pretty double white flower, just classy. It just looks like champagne bubbling up over, over this rose bush. It's really pretty. And then all the rage. It's kind of a peach color to it. It's got a, like a two-toned peach color. Remember, I'm a man, so I'm, I'm describing flat colors. And so I, I'm limited in my vocabulary, where some of you gals are so, you artists are so good at it. I'm not so good. But it's really pretty. This is one where it's better to walk in and let your eyes and nose just kind of tell you which one is best for you. But those are just some of the the shrub roses basically then you go to another specialty rose climbing roses and this is your best time to put climbing rose so up an arch a pergola up a, up a trellis up a fence that's where you use climbing roses and these are fast growing big long canes and they'll grow 10 feet easy this year right now and so some of my favorites there of course red there's uh, um, crimson sky it's a classic double red flower. It's really, really pretty. A Dublin Bay. Dublin Bay, Bay climbing rose, a very deep, almost blood red color to it. Very deep color, very unusual. And then um, Golden Opportunity. Just guess what color. Yeah, it's yellow. Fast growing, really bright flower to it. And of course, there's always, there's Joseph's Coat. There's all these others, uh, uh, America. There's all the classics too, but just some ones that are kind of unusual, different. You're seeing roses are going to be a really nice rose. We're, we're running about 50 bucks for really nice big in, rose in full color. We planted them up last year, been flushing them out this spring, and now they're heavily budded and they're starting to show off. And so some of them are in the $40, $40 range. Some are just 52 bucks, but they're, I call it 50 bucks for a nice big full rose so i think shrub roses are a little less less expensive hybrid teas a little bit more but they call it 50 dollars about where they seem to run then you get into some more specialty tree roses we've got two heights we've got one on they're double grafted they're at the ground there there's a graft then up top there's this big trunk and we have a second graft so tree roses will be a little bit more expensive maybe 70 bucks something like that and they're nice and full and round uh, some of them are are drop dead red that's a red rose. Julia Child, which is a red and yellow rose on the same plant. Ketchup and mustard. Uh, one, the petal on the front side is red. The back side is yellow. Really funky, fun. Uh, Joseph's coat, again, changes from uh, Joseph's coat, coat of many colors. It just changes from yellow to white to red. to. It's got a lot of different colors. Of course, the most famous of, of all of the roses, what your grandparents grew, the, that great big, the, the largest of the flowers are the hybrid tea roses. These are big shrubs, they're maybe four feet, just depends. So Mr. Lincoln is probably the most famous of all the red long stem hybrid tea roses. This is a very old fashioned rose, it's a classic. It's it just consistent. It gets pretty big. It'll get as big as you and I pretty easily unless you keep it trimmed down. Roses are real easy to keep trimmed back. 
You typically were pruning roses in the month of March here. There is a bit of a technique. It's pretty easy to find the technique out. So online, I've got stuff on our website, shows you how to do that. I won't go into that here, uh, but there's, there's big ones. There's smaller ones. So hybrid teas that maybe you haven't heard of. Uh, you've got Peace, Chicago Peace. There's several, several Peace series of roses. These are kind of a, a gold and pink color to it. Rio Samba. Take a look at that one. That is a bright orange, uh, orange flower. It's just really pretty. Another one that's really perfume uh, factory. Perfume factory is very deep smell to it, but it's actually got um, purple and pink stripes up and down the, the, it, not the center is pink and the outside is purple. No, each petal's got got a stripe of both colors on the same plant really has an interest it's almost like the flower is 3d very unusual we're trying to focus in on our our, our flowers our, we're trying to get more fragrance than anything else so when we start to to grow these we're looking at petal count we want a flower that's got more petals to it so it gives it this more traditional rose when it opens it just has this multi 3D depth to it. And then we're focused in on the fragrance. After that, we focus in on which color. So we kind of go through that. We want a high petal count. So many roses, especially the older fashioned or the shrub roses, they basically have you know five or six petals that come out and that's it. Kind of two-dimensional. We want more depth. And so we're, we're trying to inspire or things you haven't, we're not the same old boring rose. We want something that's got more. It's brighter, it's prettier. You're going, whoa, I've never seen that before. And that's what we want visually. And then we want the fragrance. We want that part of the yard to be just this beautiful scented fragrance that can only come from a rose. And then we'll have the blue and the orange and the pink and the white and the we've purples. We'll have all the colors, whether it's a climbing rose, a shrub rose, a hybrid tea, a floribunda. One that I didn't mention was grandiflora. If you just can't decide, grandiflora is a really big rose. Gets up easily five, six, seven feet tall. Big shrub, but it will have long stem roses and floribunda roses on the same plant. Uh, I... I Anyway, I won't go into that any further, but there's lots of roses. When you're planting them, a rose is going to like a, a rich soil. So they will grow right in the ground in your yard. You could put it in, in a rock lawn. It will just pop up and be bright and beautiful. Roses are very deep-rooted, so you don't have to treat them any differently than, let's say, your other trees and shrubs in the yard. Water them a couple times a week. It's 95 degrees. It's hot in June. Probably a rose is going to a couple times a deep soak, that's perfectly fine for a rose. Treat them like you would any other tree in the yard, and they're fine. They've got such a deep taproot, they're good with that. But they do like organics. So when you're planting that, add some mulch, fertilize them with an all-purpose plant food or a rose food, one of the two, and then water it in really well with root and growth, a transplant shock thing. Otherwise, they go into shock and they shed their flowers. These things are beautiful. You're planting them for the flowers. You don't want to plant it. They go into shock and they, they go, oh, I'm stressed out. I'm not going to bloom for a month and a half. Root and grow will keep them blooming for you. Have them transition easily. That's it on roses. Right back after this, though. Don't change that dial. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. 
He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I have a big shout out to the Shriners Club. Went out there and spoke to them on Wednesday. Big group of folks. Thank you. Very cordial. Thank you for dinner. And just pleasant conversations. Uh, love. Uh, big men in fez hats. It's just fun. They know how to have fun. It's just kind of, it's just, it was a good group. Appreciate that. Went over the new flowers that you'll find. Showed off a few of those. How to plant my, you know, showed off my favorite tomato. Uh, showed off uh, another one that came in, a French tarragon actually showed up. So we grow, there's French tarragon. Tarragon at all is very it's very difficult to find in a plant form. You can find some seed, but they're hard to generate. They're hard to get going by seed. So plants are the best way to go. We've got some beautiful six inch, fully grown, ready to start harvesting. If you're into, into a French cooking or any kind of French tarragon, oh, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. So all your herbs are in, showed off some basil to the group. So thank you for just a big shout out to the Shrine Club of I think Aslan Lodge or Yavapai County, one of those two. Anyway, you all are fun. I'd come back anytime. I, I, while I was out, they were out at Prescott Country Club. That's really in between Prescott Valley and Dewey. This is out there. And while I'm out there, you're going to go look at the competition, take a look. It's a Wednesday night. We're about to see frost. One bit of advice I can give you just in looking at the different garden centers Make sure the plants you're buying will grow here. I was just embarrassed. A couple box stores, I went, whoa, there is no way that should be sold up here in the mountains. There's no way that's a perennial. It's not being built. It is not what they say it is. Sometimes when you're planting in your gardens, you, you, you blame yourself. You say, oh, I've got brown thumbs. I'm just not that good a gardener. Sometimes it's not you. You were sold the wrong thing. You shouldn't, that should have never been in that, that just should have never been sold. Anyway, I won't go off. I could really get on my soapbox. Also, don't buy a plant from a warehouse. I mean, come on. You're taking it from indoors at big old racks of everything. And you know the warehouse ziz I'm talking about. They're selling plants. There's no lighting. They've been inside for three weeks. They haven't been exposed to any sun. They're pushing new growth. You're going to take that outdoors and plant it, plant it out that 
You're going to plant it outdoors and exposed to wind and dry and bugs. That thing is going to stress out so much. You want to buy plants that have been outdoors, exposed outdoors, that are used to our sun and our wind. They're, they're being, there's some pressure from aphids and bugs. Just, you want some of that. They're just not virgin greenhouses to your yard. You want something where it transitions. We call it acclimating the plant to our outdoor environment. You want plants that can do that. And then they weren't covering anything. They were not getting ready for, for frost. We had cold. So those plants got chilled and they'll be stressed. And so now they're gonna go sell a stressed plant. You never wanna buy a plant that doesn't look perfect. Plants should be healthy, actively growing, vibrant and going, I'm, I'm so happy here. You take me home. I'm going to start taking off in your gardens too. If they look stressed, the tips are burned, they got frost damage, don't touch those. I don't care how cheap they are. They're going to have to mark them down to sell them. Just, just trust me. You need healthy plants. I just, I'm just embarrassed by what some garden centers or nurseries do or boxes. They just aren't doing gardening justice. So gardening should be easy if you get the right plants and a little bit of advice. It, it should be very, very easy for you. You can do it. Yes, there'll be some struggles. That's gardening. All of us gardener, even I kill a few things, but you don't want to stack the decks against you. Anyway, I'll go on and on. Thank you, Shrine Club, going back to where I started. You all are awesome. I'd come back anytime and share some garden tips. Your gals were very engaging and just great questions throughout the week lisa and i camp out here at waters garden center i gotta tell you thank you we love hearing and talking to fans of the show hi waters with the plants of the week and our roman beauty roseberry this mediterranean beauty has graceful arching branches that flow over rock walls raised beds or containers edge a culinary herb often used in potpourri Rugged, deer-resistive, evergreen, likes crummy soil, drought, and abuse. Now that's my kind of shrub for under $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love unusual, healthy herbs, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.